Today's year's Masech Yavam is Daf Mem Dalad. We will begin Daf Mem Gimel Amid Beis at the Mishnah at the bottom of the Amid. Abba Achim Nesum Abba Nashim. If you have four brothers who are married to four sisters, Umesu and those four brothers died, and as we're going to learn in the Gemara, there are more. There are more surviving brothers. Imratza Hagal Shabahem Liyabim Eskulam. As we've also learned many times in Amasechta, the Allah is that it is the obligation to do the, the mitzvah of Yibam really belongs to the oldest brother. And here, the oldest brother is prepared to do the Yibam on all of them. And if he wants to do Yibam on all of them, then he has that permission. So, says it for sure. From here we see that you could do shlichus, that you could appoint a shliach even on a mitzvah, that's a mitzvah that you have to do physically, what's known as mitzvah sheba gufai. Because here we're seeing that the brother, the oldest brother should do it, but if he doesn't want to do it, one other brother could do it, another brother. So it seems that one brother could be shliach for the other brother. So, so we see that even though Yibam says the Tua Shor is a mitzvah that I have, it's a mitzvah Shabagufai, the can't, we still have Shlichus. The Ktsois disagrees with the Tua Shor. And the Tvois, the Ktsois says that this is not considered a mitzvah Shabagufai. He says the definition of a mitzvah Shabagufai, he says, is a mitzvah that I have to do for myself. I, somebody else can't do it on my behalf. So that, you can't have shlichus. He says, when we speak about the mitzvah yibam, it's not to be viewed that there's a mitzvah on one brother, or the oldest brother, or one of the other brothers, and that brother is acting as a shliach for the other brothers. Every brother has his own obligation. Every brother has his own mitzvah to do the mitzvah yibam, the mitzvah chalitza. There's a preference there's a pr- that the oldest brother should do it. But it's not to be viewed, he says, that one brother is acting as a shlich for the other brother and that it should be considered shlichus by Mitzvah Shebegufa. Says the Mishnah, Somebody is married to two wives, Umes, and he passes away without children. Is the halach, as we've learned many times. Having Yibam Achalitza on one of the wives, Peteret Sarasa covers, covers the other wife as well. And we've had this Gemara previously in Amasachta. And the case here is where one woman is a woman who's allowed to marry a Kayin, and one woman is a, ma- a woman who may not be married to a Kayin. Says, says the Mishnah, If you're going to do Chalitza, do Chalitza on the woman who anyway can't marry a Kayin. For as we've learned many times, the Halacha is a Chalitza cannot have cannot marry a coin. So as the Gemara is going to explain, this woman cannot marry a coin anyway. So if you're going to do chalitza, do chalitza on the woman who's already disqualified from marrying a coin, rather doing chalitza on the one that can marry a coin. And by doing chalitza to her, she's going to be disqualifying her from marrying a coin. But if he's doing yibam, yabim, he could do yibam, whatever, whichever woman he wants to do. And in fact, the Beis Yosef 
quotes the Rebbein Yerucham, who quotes the Ramah, that not only is the halacha, as we just explained, that if you're going to do chalitza, and one of these women are already disqualified from a kayin, that's the woman that you should do chalitza with. But the, he, they say that Bezdin would give Malchus and put a person in cheirim for doing the other way. He says, because that's really doing something malicious. Why would you want to disqualify someone for no, for no good reason? Says the Gemara, the Mishnah spoke about four brothers. And now we have these four Amonis. Says the Gemara that if they all, and the Mishnah said that they all died. But if they all died, there's no one left to do Yibam Machalitza. Our Mishnah is discussing that when these four brothers unfortunately passed away, who's going to do Yibam Machalitza? But if there are, but if they're all not, if they're all not here anymore, who's going to do Yibam Chalitza? Says the Gemara, El Eimah, the way to understand the Mishnah, Arba Mi'achim, that there were six brothers or more, as the Miri explains. Four of them were married to women who, and they all passed away without children. And there are now two brothers left, or maybe even more than two brothers. The Mishnah says that the oldest brother has the right to exercise, that he should be the one to do the Yibam for, or Chalitza for all of them. Abba Meachim, four of the brothers that existed. Hashus Biyadei, Astigmar Vashafkalei, does the Bezdin indeed allow this brother to take the opportunity to do Yibam and all of them? Vatanya, the Pasuk, when introduces the Parsha of Yibam, says Vakarolei Ziknei Erei. So the first halacha we learn here is Hain Veloi Shlucham, that the Bezdin themselves, as I saw the Mepharshim explain, the Bezdin themselves get involved. They don't rely on anybody else. The Bezdin themselves get, get, get involved to discuss with this person what his options are. We try to give him advice that makes sense. And in fact, the Karen Oira says that this is included in what in a concept that we've discussed more than once in Amasechta. We've discussed in Amasechta more than once the concept of Durcheho Darchi Noyam. That the way of Torah is the way of ple- is a pleasant way. And we have to examine this zivig and we have to see what is the appropriate what is appropriate to be done. That is what the Torah expects of the Bezdin to look in. In fact, I saw a very interesting tshuva in the Trumas Hadeshin, Simon Reis Samach Gimel. It speaks about a situation where Ruvain was an individual, he already was married, he Baruch Hashem has children, and now his wife unfortunately passed away, and he wants to get remarried. And the question is, he could, ha- he get, he could get remarried to a woman, but this woman is unable to have children. And he's able to have children. And the Gemara says that the Allah is, Baboyke Zara Zaracha, it's a Gemara we're going to have later in Amasechta, Dav Samach Beis, Amabeis, Baboyke Zara Zaracha, a person is supposed to have children, a person is supposed to have children, and then Be'erev Al-Tanach Yedach, he's supposed to continue having children. And the question he asks here is, should he marry this woman, who is a fine woman, 
but not able to have children. But in a way, the Truman Sedeshin says, if she doesn't have children and she's not able to have children, it will be much better for the children that he already has. Because if she'll bring her own children into the marriage or they're going to have children together, that could cause all types of friction. So the question here is, what should be done? So the Truman Sedeshin says that he certainly should get married because as the Pasuk says, it's not good that a person should be unmarried. The Gemara we're going to learn later in Amasekhtas, Aleph teaches us, if somebody doesn't have a wife, it's not a way to live. And even though, as we just said, it's appropriate that he should continue having children, but as our Gemara just said, every situation has to be seen individually. And sometimes, that, especially, of course, since this man was already Mekayim, the Mitzvah Piri Rivya, maybe it's better that he should marry the woman who can have children, as we just learned in our Gemara. And the Shal Satruvis, Harash, takes this a step further. He's saying, as we've been discussing many times in Amasechta, that the Mitzvah of Yibum takes precedence over the Mitzvah of Chalitza, that doesn't mean that we should do this without thinking. And sometimes Bezdin sees that Chalitza is the appropriate way to go. Of course, Bezman we don't do Yibam. But even in the time of Gemara where they did Yibam, sometimes Bezdin realized that Chalitza would be better to do. So the Gemara says, We give him advice that is appropriate that we give him advice that it is uh, that is appropriate to him. Im who yelled, if he's a young man, if he's a Canaan, the Yuvam is an older woman, or vice versa, who's and he's an older man, but he's yelled and she's a younger woman. Imrulai, they Bezdin tells him, Malachitzlyalda, is this appropriate that you should marry a young woman? Malachitzakana, is it appropriate that you should marry an older woman? Kalach Go to someone who is you're equal to you. Don't bring friction into the home. So we see that we give him advice not to marry so many women. And our Mishnah says, that he can marry all of them. Answers the Gemara, our Mishnah, that the person, this Yavam, has the financial means and the psychological means to marry all of them. And that's why if he wants to marry all of them, he has the right to do so. Ask Gemara, if that's the case, that he has the ability, all these circumstances line up, that he should be able to marry all these women, so why is our Mishnah limiting it to four women? Then the halacha should be that even more than four women. If he could do so, he could do so. Answers the Gemara eats a type of The Mishnah is coming to teach us good advice. Arbein, he sh- he could take four tefiloi, but not more. That each one of them he'll have relations once a month with. And as the Mefarshim explained, the oin of a tamat chacham, the frequency with which a tamat chacham has relations with his wife, is once a week. Me'er Shabbos. Lerf Shabbos explains Rashi. So therefore, if he'll have four wives, he'll 
if each wife will have oino, each wife will have the opportunity to have relations once once a month. Each Friday he'll have relations with one of the other wives. It's interesting. From here we see, and we're trying to make this observation, that the obligation of oina emanates from the husband. The husband is supposed to have, if he's a Tamil relations once a week, and the wife should be at least fulfilled once a month. Why should a wife be fulfilled once a month? So again, the Rishonim explained, because typically a woman gets a period once a month, and after she finishes, she has to ha- you have to have relations with her. So that's going to be one on a monthly basis. And that's why the Mishnah, the Gemara is saying, four wives, it works out. It po- the interesting question is, what happens? This oina that Rashi spoke about is by a Talmud Chacham. A Talmud Chacham is supposed to have oina once a week. But as we're going to learn in Mitzvah the halacha is that an oina of other people is more frequent. So what does what will happen with, that, with those people? Our Gemara is only focused on the Talmud Chacham. But if the person is supposed to have oina more frequently or less frequently, how will that work? So some Rishonim say that the Gemara is speaking specifically about that type of a situation. Indeed, if it was a different type of a man who wasn't a Talmud Chacham, the circumstances of the Gemara would actually change. But I saw that there are Rishonim that say it's different. Because there's another question that we need to analyze in this discussion. And that is, we're only speaking from the perspective of the husband. How often does the husband have to have Aina? And as Rashi said, if he's a Talmud Chacham, he has to have Aina once he has to have Aina once a month, and by doing once a week, and by having four wives, everything will work out. But maybe the wives are supposed to have Aina more frequently. What about the perspective from the wife? And as we said also, what will be the halacha by people who are married to to, to more than four wives, or people whose obligation is more frequent. How will we, how will we reconcile that? So I saw that the Rishonim explained that this is not the usual situation. Usually, as we go, we learned, we're going to learn. The Torah gives us prescriptions. What is the proper oina? Here, it's Isha Hiknala Mishmaim. We've discussed this concept previously. It's not a wife that he chose. It's not a wife that voluntarily entered the marriage. And therefore, here, the general rules of Oina are somewhat di- different. In fact, the Meshachachma interestingly says, based on this Gemara, that we know that as Yaakov, as Yaakov left the home of Lovin, Lovin told him, Imtana Espinoisai, Vimtikach Noshim al one of the conditions that Lovin set with Yaakov Avinu was that you have the four wives, Rachelea, Bila, and Zilpah, and I demand that you agree not to take any other wives. Why was it so important to Lovin that Yaakov Avinu not take any other wives? Because our Gemara just taught us that when you have a Talmud Chacham, Talmud Chacham, way Rashi explained, can be married to four wives, have relations with each one of them, once a week, have relations once a week, and each one will have relations once a month. So Lovin told Yaakov Avinu 
You can't have more than four wives, because if you have more than four wives, this will be an issue. Even though Al Gemara just said that the proper advice we give such a man is not to take more than four Yavamas, it's interesting that the Yushalmi quotes an episode that there was a man who did Yibam with twice, who had 12 Yavamas, fell to him, and Rebbe told him to do Yibam with all of them. And the carbon order asks that Al Gemara just said that it is the obligation of the Bezdin to intervene and make sure that the Yibam is done in a proper fashion. And the way we just explained means with a maximum of four wives. So how does the Yushalmi say that he did 12, 12 wives? So the carbon order explains that as much as we don't approve of that, the carbon order suggests that we never tell a person to do to do chalitza. Because if we're learning, and we keep on repeating, that yibum is the preferable mitzvah, it's inappropriate to give a person advice that is contrary to what the Torah explicitly wants. The carbon Nisanel has a different approach. The carbon Nisanel's approach is that, as we said, as we explained our Gemara, our Gemara was completely based on the fact that this person was a Talmud Chacham, and that's how the formula would work. But if he wasn't a Talmud Chacham, it could be a different formula, and the person in the Yushami wasn't a Talmud Chacham. We learned in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah if somebody was married to two women and he died, if you do Yibam Machalitz on one, it's effective for the entire family. But ask the Gemara, maybe even the Abim with Tavayu, maybe the Alokha requires that Yibam be done with both of the Almonis, Answers the Gemara Amar Abchi Bar Abba Amar Biyachin Amar Kra Ashilayivnes Beis Achiv. The pasuk says Ashilayivnes Beis Achiv. From here we learned Beis Echud Baina. There's only obligation to rebuild one home. Vein Baina Shnei Batim. But we don't do two yibums. Ask the Gemara V'Nachlas L'Tavayu. Maybe when maybe by yibum you don't do yibum on more than one wife. But maybe when it comes to chalitza you could do chalitza on both wives. Answers the Gemara. So we learn from here also, you only do chalitza once, you don't do chalitza twice. Says the Gemara, maybe what the Torah wants us to do is do yibum with one and do chalitza with the other. Answers the Gemara, the Torah says that when is chalitza an option, a concept that we've discussed many times, chalitza is an option because you could have done yibum. If he wanted to do yibum, he could have done yibum. But, and therefore we learn, that any woman who's a candidate for yibum is also a candidate for chalitza. The but if she's not a candidate for Yibam, she cannot be a candidate for Chalitza. And here, since we approved already that you could only do Yibam once from a family, therefore you won't be able to do Chalitza. Void. Another issue is, people, Chazal should said that there's no Chalitza in such a situation. If people will see that you do Yibam with one of the wives, the Chalitza with the other wives, the Yomru, the Yabim, the Chad the Chalitz. That if you did 
Yibam one and then Chalitza, Hachnami, the Mechalitz for Adam Yabim. But maybe people will do it in the wrong order. They'll do Chalitza and then Yibam. But once you did Chalitza, he's over the love of La Yivna. Once Kivan Shabana, Shuv La Yivna. So here we see the culture and oil Yibam. So the Ritva asks that this is something, this concept of is a concept that we've discussed so many times in our Masechta. What was the Gemara's Havamina? So Ritva says that the Gemara's thought that if he wanted, that since she was a candidate for Yibam, and if he wanted to, he could have married then she's a candidate for Chalitza. Says the Gemara, that's not good enough. It has to be a woman that you could have done actual Yibam with. Tysus asks, so if that's the case, how could the halacha is that if you have a, a man and a woman who are unfortunately cherish and Kharshis, Kharish and Kharshis are people who are deaf mute. In that, in the case where that's the situation of the Yavam and the Shemeris Yavam, the Aloha not only says that, of course, we have to deal with it, but the Aloha says that we have to do Yibam. Chalitza is not an option, because part of the Chalitza process, as we learned and will in Mitzvah learn, it involves them speaking to each other, and these individuals can't speak. And therefore, the only option is Yibam. So as Taisus, if we're saying that Yibam and Chalitza travel together, so they can't have chalitza, so they shouldn't be able to have yibam, uh, yibam either. So Taisus answers, a cherish and cherishes are really candidates for chalitza. There's an outside technical difficulty that prevents them from being able to have the chalitza. But it's not like they're not candidates. And therefore, even though unfortunately they can't do the chalitza, they could do yibam. Ask the Gemara, the Meimah, Maybe the way to understand the Pesukim is as follows. Kika Chada, when there's one Amana, that's where the Torah says there's a Mitzvah of Yibam. However, Kika Tati, if a man left more than one wife, let the sky Mitzvah Yibam, then maybe there is no Mitzvah Yibam altogether. As, answers the Gemara, that can't be true. Because as we learned so many times in Amasakta, the concept of Tsaras Erva, but if we're saying that whenever there's more than one wife, there's never a din of Yibam or Chalitza, in Cain, the concept of Tsaras Erva, Damrachmana, Lomeli, why would the Torah have to teach us all of the halachas of Tsaras Erva? Hashta Stein Ba'alma. If a man, if we're learning now that a man has two wives, there's no Chiv Yibam, Amrit Labene Chalitza Yibam Nenu, so Tsaras Erva, where one of the wives is an Erva, why would we have to have a posik? It's no different, certainly, than anyone that had two wives. Tsaras Erva, Mabaya, Alam Aloy, Istrich, says the Gemara, Sakatat Chamina, Erva Avroi Kaima, that I'll tell you why we need a posik for Tsaras Erva. Because maybe, indeed, when there are two wives who are not related to him, so there, indeed, there is no Mitzvah Yibam. But if one is a Tsaras Erva, one is an erva, we'll say that the erva of Roy, Kaima, she's not considered like she's married here, but Tisyabim Tsarasa, and that the Tsara should have Yibim. Kamash Milan, Dasira.
That's why the Torah has to say that not only when there are two wives is there no Yibam, but there's no Yibam even by Tsar Serva. So the Gemara is still with its question, maybe indeed when somebody left two wives, there's no Mitzvah Yibam at all. Says so the Gemara, the way we know that there's a Chiv of Yibam, even when there are more than five, more than two, more than one wife, says the Gemara, the Pasuk says, Yivimta, Yivimta Riba, the Torah says the word Yivimta twice, the Pasuk says, V'mlayach basa ish l'kachas es Yivimta, V'also Yivimta as Sha'or al-Zakeinim, the Torah by using the word Yivimta twice, Riba is coming to teach us that even if the husband left more than one wife, the mitzvah of Yibam still applies. Says the Gemara. Further, we learned in the Mishnah, if one of the Amonis is a woman that can marry a Kayin, and one of the women is a ma- woman who can't marry a Kayin, so then do the Yibum, do the chal- and you're doing Chalitza, do the Chalitza on the one that can't marry a Kayin anyway. Because says the Gemara Kanshan, a Rebbe, Rebbe taught us here, Aloha, the Liyashvech Adamai Beri, a person should not pour out the water from his pit, when other people could use it. So this, you have one woman who can marry a kain. Let her remain in that status, that she can marry a kain, instead of having the woman who's anyway, and do the chalitza on the woman who's anyway disqualified from a kain. Says the Rabbeinu Yerucham, a big chiddush, he says that if somebody pours out water for no good reason, He's over Baltashchis, and not only is he over Baltashchis, we give him Malchus. And I saw that the Paiskim say there's a tremendous lesson from here. The lesson that we learn from here is not only how much Baltashchis is, but why did the Gemara use the words, don't pour out the water from your pit? Because one would assume or think that when is there a concern about Tashchis? When I have something valuable and I have something valuable, and instead of using it, I pour it out. Says the Rebbe Yoyna, our Gemara teaches us that even if you have something that is very, that doesn't really have any value, it's made by it's, it's, it's wastewater. But if somebody could have use from that wastewater, you have no right to, 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 to spill it out. And Rebbe Yoyna and the Shari Tshuva goes on to say, the Gemara says, in Mesech the Shabbos, Daf Kuf Hei Amid Beis. The Gemara says, in Marisa Adam Shemeshabe Kalim Bechamasai. If you see person who breaks things when he's angry, you be nechop kilai vayvadezara. He should look at him like he's an avaydezara. So, of course, the simple pshat is that somebody who is so angry that he destroys things on his anger, that shows that he doesn't have control. And Rehani as the Poshib Shah means that from today, now he's losing control, and now he's breaking things, and that could ultimately lead Chas that he will be Oivir Avaydazara. But Rehani Yoyna takes a different approach. Rehani Yoyna's approach is that what is the Torah, te- what is the Alokha teaching us? That if somebody wastes something that a Kodesh Baruch Hu gives him, he doesn't appreciate and respect what has been given to him by Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's the serious Isra about Paltashchus. And a person who acts that way, the Gemara is teaching us, is considered Kilo Oivir We look at that person as if he is an, as if he is an Oivir Avodah Says the Mishnah, Nachsa Grushasai, 
somebody divorced his wife and she married somebody else after he divorced her. And as we've discussed many times, if somebody divorces his wife and then she marries someone else, he's not supposed to take her back. So somebody who was So again, as we just discussed, once chalitza is done with one of the almanas, you can have, we change your mind and marry her. As we've learned early in the Masechta, one is not allowed to marry relatives of Chalutza. Because just like you're not allowed to marry relatives of your Grusha, we learned you're not allowed to marry relatives of your Chalutza, her mother or sister. Yoitzi, so if he married such a woman, says the Mishnah, you have to divorce her. Vlad And if there were children born, the children would be Mamzerim. That's the opinion of Akiva. The Chamamim, whereas the opinion of the Chamamim is, ain't a Vlad Mamzer. That the child would not be a Mamzer, because Akiva's opinion is, ain't Mamzer Mechaivilavin. Mamzerim are not created if the entire Isser is only an Isser Lav. But the Chamamim agree, that if you marry the relative of a woman who you divorced, that is already, in other words, let's say you were married to a woman, you divorced her, but as we've discussed many times in this Masechta, her mother, her sister, remain also to you, her mother, her sister is still considered a chois ishtoi, that's a chai v'krisis, and the chum agree that by chai v'krisis, the child born is a mamzer. Says the Gemara, does Rekiva indeed hold that if you marry the relative of your chalutza and you have a child, that child will be a mamzer? How do we learn on that mem Aleph, Amen Aleph, Rishlokish comments, can't Shani Rebbe, Rebbe taught us, Achois Grusha, as we just said, is Divretaira, is an Isidaraisa. Achois Chalutza, yes, you're not allowed to marry your chalutza. Yes, you're not allowed to marry the relatives of your chalutza, but it's only with divrei soifrim. So ask the Gemara, would Rabbi Kivas hold that if somebody marries someone who's also to him with Rabbonon, that the child born is a mamzer? Says the Gemara to me, Rabbi Kivas speaking about that's when the child is mamzer. Says the Gemara, Mistabra, that's the right way to learn the Mishnah, says the Gemara. So let us continue learning the Mishnah. That says that then the Mishnah, that the Chum agree, but nice accrues, if we'll say that that's what Rabbi Kiva is discussing. The Rabbi Kiva is discussing Grushasai, uh, and that's why we learn. That that's the subject Rabbi Kiva is discussing, and Hanu the Tani Maidim that Rabbanon agreed to him in that situation. Eli Amrit If we're going to say that that's not what Rabbi Kiva is talking about, so how can we say Maidim? I agree. I can't agree to you when I'm talking about something else, something different than what you're talking about. Says the Gemara. That's not a raya. Maybe Rabbi Kiva will actually hold that Kroivus Chlut is a Mamzer. And what the Rabbanon are saying to him is, by Kroivus Chlut we will certainly not hold, we will certainly not agree that the child is born is a Mamzer. But then Mahakam Ashmon, what they're telling Rabbi Kiva is the Yesh Mamzer Mechai Vekrisis, that from Mechai Vekrisis, that would be a Mamzer. 
Doctori Lola Kamon, as we're going to learn later in the Masechta and Dachmem Tesom and Aleph, Ezi Mamzer, what what produces a Mamzer? Kol Shebosar Shebelay Yavoy. If one has a relation with a woman, with a chiv lav, diver b'kiva, that's the opinion of b'kiva. Rav Shimon Tamani Oimer kol shechayavon of karis b'day shemayim. If the relationship is an iser of karis, v'alocha tedvarav, and that's the alocha that the mar, that the mishnah is trying to teach us. Says the mar of Adam kasoslam tanik Rav Shimon Tamani. Maybe the tanik is coming to teach us that the alocha is like like Rav Shimon Tamani. But, and that's why the Chum wrote this thing. Im Kain says the Gemara, if that's what the point is, listen to Shachai Vekrisis. If that's all that the Mishnah is coming to teach us, that the Allah, like Rav Shimon Atamani said, that from every Chai Vekrisis is a Mamzer, so why did the Mishnah cry Lamali? Why did the Mishnah speak, pick to choose to speak about a Kroy If he wants to teach us that the Chum hold, that a Chai Vekrisis produce a mamzer, we should speak about chayv krisis. Why are we speaking specifically about krivis krusosai? It must be like we learned el that that was what Rabbi Kiva was discussing. Rabbi Kiva was discussing a chayv krisis, and the Mishnah is teaching us that Rabbi Kiva is talking about a krivis krusosai, and the Mishnah is teaching us that the chachamim agree that the child born from krivis krusosai, since that's a chayv krisis, is going to be a mamzer. But Rabbi Kiva will, of course, agree that a krivis chulutzasoi, since, as Rishlok has said, and after Mem Aleph, is only an Issa Rabbonon, the Rabbi Kiva also will agree that that child is not a mamzer. Says the Gemara, Maybe the Mishnah is not speaking about a krivis chulutzasoi. And why did the Mishnah show uh, that? Why did Rabbi is not specifically speaking about a krivis chulutzasoi? So then the question is, why did the Chachamim that the Mishnah wants to teach us, that the Chachamah hold, that by Chayif Karas there's a Mamzer, why did the Mishnah specifically choose to talk about a Krivis Grishasai? Says the Gemara. I did turn in my, because the Mishnah began about speaking about Mach's Grishasai, the Nice Chlutzasai, the Krivis Chlutzasai. So that's why in the Sefer, where we want to understand the opinion of the Chachamim, turn in Nami Krivis Grishasai. Ella, says the Gemara. So will the halacha be perhaps according to Rekiva that Krivis Chalutzosoy or Rekiva have a mamzer? Says the Gemara. Amar Abchiber Ava Amar Abyochanan Hanetayma the Rekiva. Rekiva indeed holds that a child born from a chalutza, a Krivis Chalutzosoy, is a mamzer. Dama Kra Beis Chalutza Nar Kasev Kara Beisoy, and the chalutza is considered like your wife, and just like. By your wife, there's the, there's, we're learning the relatives of your wife, even the wife that you divorced, Achiev, uh, there's an issue. Rekiv is going to say the relatives of your chalutza are the same. Amr of Yesu, Amr of Shem Gamaliel. Haklamaydim, he says that even the Chachamim, who we just finished learning, are of the opinion that there is no mamzer only from Achiev Karis, but Machsagushasai, where somebody takes back his wife whom he divorced. After she married another man, Havlat Pogum. The halach is that the child born is going to be Pogum, and that means if the child born is a girl, the halach is that that girl will not be allowed to marry a Koyan, just like a just like a um, just like the daughter of an Almana, as we're going to learn, is a Pogum. That the halach is 
that you may not marry, a car you may not marry that girl. The question also goes on to the boy, the boy would, if a son was born, he would be a cholol. Says the Gemara, manakamaydim. Says the Gemara, what was meant when the Gemara started now with the words hakamaydim? Says the Gemara, it's speaking to Shimon Atamani. As we just learned on um, Aleph. The Shimonat money teaches us that a mamzer That if the isser between the man and the woman is only chayvilavin, there's no ma- the, the child born is not a mamzer, teaches us the Gemara. Nah, not mamzer loyhavi, even though the child won't be a mamzer, because it's not a chayv chorus. However, pogamiyahava, and if it's a girl, she would not be allowed to marry a kayim. Says the Gemara, how do we know this? Because we learned this from a Kavachayim and from Almana. Ma manal kain godel. The Isra of Almana marrying a kain godel. Shein Isra Shav Bakal, which is a very unique Isra, because it's only, the only one that can't marry a kain godel is a mams, is an Almana. That's the only person that can't marry an Almana. Still, the Tyrus says, but not Pogum, the Tyrus says that if some, if a kain godel does marry an Almana, the Torah says, It affects the status of the child, Zu. So certainly, a after she got married to someone else, which is an Isser that applies to everyone. So it's a more serious Isser. She's Surah Shav Bakal. Certainly, the Allah is, The child is Pogam. The Rav David Pavarsky asks a question. Maybe... And it's not exactly the question the Gemara is going to ask, he says. But he asks, maybe it's different there because the Allah is that the Kohen Gadol who marries the Almana, the Almana becomes a Chalolo. But if somebody is Machsugrushasoy, the, there is, she doesn't become, it doesn't affect the Machsugrushasoy. So he says, the Chalola aspect and the Yichas of the children aspect are two separate Alochas. And that's why the Gemara, when it asks, that the child should be affected here by Max Grushasoy is asking a legitimate question. But the Gemara does ask, So the way I sort of showed him explain the Gemara's question, we can't bring a raya from Hilchis Kuhuna. The Gemara's question means to say that Kain marrying a woman, Kahanim have all different types of alochas. How can we use that to learn the aloch of a Max Grushasoy? Void, another question in this Kavachaymer. The Torah says, when it speaks about Maxagrushasai, So doesn't the Torah mean to say, as we've learned previously, to teach us, he toeva, that she, the Maxagrushasai did something that's an abomination, but it doesn't affect her children. And another question on this Kavachaymer. Oi, Tanya. The Bryce says, if somebody marries his Grusha after she married someone else, or somebody marries his Chalutza, or all examples of what we've been speaking about, Kedushin is not valid because the Rekiva's opinion is that Kedushin cannot take effect when the marriage involves an Isalav. And therefore, Rekiva's opinion is that if were they to get married, there's no requirement for a get. Because if it's not a marriage, there's no need for a get. And this woman may never marry a Kayin, because Rekiva says, the 
the woman becomes a zaina, a woman who entered into a marriage that she wasn't supposed to enter, she becomes a zaina, and therefore she can never marry a kayin. And the Lord Apostle, the child born from such a marriage, according to Rekiva, is a mamzer, and Bezdin makes them separate. And as the Rambam writes in the tshuva, what, the, what it means to say is that doesn't mean that we force them to divorce because they just, they're not married according to Rekiva. What, what the Gemara means to say, says the Rambam, that Bezdin has to do everything which is in its power to separate them. I remember the Chum disagree. Yesh Laba Kedushin, since it's only a Chi of Lav, the Kedushin does take effect. However, the Chum agree, Tzrichim and a Get. Since the Kedushin took effect, if you want to terminate this marriage, you need a Get. Vik Shera, she doesn't become disqualified. She's allowed to marry Koyin. And Vlad Kosher, and a child, is perfectly fine. Laman, when it's said Vlad Kosher, doesn't mean Lav Kuhuna. So we're saying that even the Chacham will agree that a Machsagrushasai, after she got married and they have a child, that child may not marry a Kayin, doesn't this price, uh, even according to the Chachamim, doesn't this price explicitly say differently? Laman, doesn't the price mean to say Lav Kahuna that the child can marry even a Kayin? Says the Maloy, that's not what the price means. The Brysa will agree that the child of the Machsagrushasai Mishinesis may not marry a Kayin. What it means is that Lakol, the child is not a mamzer. Everyone else can marry her. Says the Gemara, if we're saying that what the Brysa means to tell us is that this child can marry another Jew, but not a Koyin, he ksheira laman. When the Brysa said that she's ksheira, to whom is the to whom is she kosher? Ilem Lakol, if we're going to say that the man married his Maxagrushasim Mishinesis, and then he's going to do the right thing. He's going to divorce her. And the Bryce is telling us that she can marry any, any other Jew. Pshita, Bishum de Zanya, because she entered into a marriage that she was not allowed to, Afsalakal, does she become disqualified to marry Jew afterwards? Elalav, what it means to say is, Lekuhuna, that she can marry a Kayim. Says the Gemara, so if we're speaking about her and we're saying that she can marry Koyin, says the Brysa, says the Gemara, it must be when it said Vlad Kosher, it also meant Lekuhuna. Says the Ramidi area, why do we have to explain the Brysa that way? When we say he Kshera, maybe it means that she's Kshera even Lekuhuna. And when we speak about a child, it means that the child is only mutter to marry other Jews, but not marry, marry a Kayin. The fact that when we speak about her, it's not, it makes her mutter to everyone, doesn't mean that the child has to be mutter to everyone. Maybe the child is only mutter to Yisraelim and not Kohanim. And the Gemara makes point to that. When we learned the Reisha, and we were trying to understand the opinion of Rabbi Kiva. So the Bryce has said in explaining the opinion of Rekiva, the Tani Reisha, Hipsula Vladipsula. So the question is Hipsula. When it said Hipsula, who was the possible? Ilaim Lakol, Mishum Dazanya, will Rabbi Kiva mean that she can't marry another Jew? Yes, 
she married or she lived with a man she wasn't supposed to. But would that disqualify her from marrying any other Jew? Elalav, what it meant was that because she married, she lived with somebody she wasn't allowed to live with, she becomes disqualified like Kahuna. So when it said Vlad Apostle, Laman, would that mean again that we're only speaking that the child is also to Kohanim, but she can, he can marry another Jew? But we just learned that Rabbi Havlad Mamzer, that when we're speaking about her, we're speaking about her ability to marry a Kohen. And when we're speaking about the children, we're speaking about their ability, according to Rabbi to come marry any Jew. So Madarisha, so just like we see in the Risha, when we speak about the mother and the children, who they may marry, it's not the same situation. Nami will explain that way also, that Hakadisa, the mother, the Masagrushasa, she can the the mother could marry a Kayan, they Kadisa. Says the Gemara, Vita What where we learned says that when the Torah says that when the Torah says Ta'eva he that he Ta'eva Ven Benet Ta'eva why 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 is that necessarily a proof that our children can marry Kahanim? Maybe the way to learn this Gemara is he Ta'eva Ven Tsarasa Ta'eva that if somebody took back his wife that he divorced after she married someone else and he has another wife and now these two wives Fall, and then he dies. And these two wives fall to Yibam. He dies without children. The locha will be that the wife that he took back, Maxus is not a candidate for Yibam. But the, but the Tsari is. But that's what the Pasuk is teaching us. But Bernay Tavim. So now the Gemara said, asked the question that how could you say that everybody agrees that the child of the Maxagrushmishinisis may not marry a Kayan because the Pasuk says he toeva. And we learned he toevim says the Gemara. Maybe what the Pasuk really means to teach us is he toeva vein tsarasa toeva. El Almona Kasha. The question that we asked from Almona, Ma Almona Shiki Atma Mishalelis, because the Maxagrushasoy is does become Mishalelis, we don't have an answer to that question. You wanted to learn it from Almona. Almona is different because Almona is unique that she becomes a Chalola, but that isn't the case by Maxic Russia. Eli Itma says the Gemara, if we want to learn that according to Shimon Tamani, the child is not Pogum, just like the mother doesn't become a Chalola, that if somebody has a relation, lives with a woman, with a zechiv chorus, that the vlad is pogum, says the Gemara. But that's obvious. The child is a mamzer, according to the Chomim. So certainly he's pogum, says the Gemara. What did he mean to say? He's going according to the opinion, according to Rabbi Yeshua. We're going to learn Daf Mem Tes. The Rishu's opinion is even more lenient. There ain't mamzer mechayv krisis. From a chayv krisis, there's no mamzer. Only from an iser that comes with a chiv meisus bezdin. But says the Gemara that even the Rishu says that there wouldn't be a mamzer only from a chayv krisis. From a chayv meisus bezdin, nah mamzer loyhavi. From a chayv krisis, he won't be a mamzer pogamio. And how do we learn that? Because we learned that from a from a mana. A mal mana kain godl. 
Sheni Sur Shabbakal. But now Pogum, it's a unique Isser that only applies to the Kain Godel. So Zu, a Chayv Krisis, Sheshur Shabbakal. No one is ever allowed to marry a Chayv Krisis and a Din Shabbana Pogum. We said you can't learn from there because the Almana becomes a Chalala when she marries the Kain Godel. And maybe that's why the child is Pogum. Says the Gemara, Hachinami, the Alocha is that even if Yeshua agrees that if a woman has relations that are violated, that that relations makes her into a Zaina. So we see from here that just when, that just like by the Almana Kain Godel, it affected the woman herself. And since it affected the woman herself, it affects the children as well. So too, if someone has relations with a chayv krisis, even Rabbi Shua who will say that the child is not a mamzer, because as we keep on repeating, Rabbi Shua says you only become a mamzer from Mrs. Besden, Rabbi Shua will, however, agree that the child is posel kahuna.